T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay. All right, welcome in. We are with you until midnight. Celtics... In a tight one over at the Garden, four-point game right now. Jason Tatum just got called for a charge. Ime Adoka's going to challenge it, but I don't think it's going to get overturned. Story for the Celtics is they do, as great as they've been, they struggle in clutch games, close games. We'll get into that in greater detail in just a little bit. But if you do want to weigh in the biggest news of the night, Bruce Arians out as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach. He has decided to retire. And now it is going to be Todd Bowles running things in Tampa Bay. What do you make of this news, and how does it impact Tom and his future? 617-779-7937 is the number. Again, we're with you up until midnight. So this is what stuck out to me about this whole situation with Brady and Arians and Arians today deciding to retire. Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times. This is the tweet that he puts out there. And Rick Stroud, I give this guy credit. He's done a really good job reporting down there in Tampa with Brady, etc., Tom Brady was informed Bruce Arians planned to step down and Todd Bowles would succeed him as head coach either the same day or a day after the quarterback announced he was ending his retirement. The Tampa Bay Times has learned team insists it was not related to Brady's decision. I love the fact that Rick Stroud outstanding job by him getting this report that he finds out that Brady was told that this was going to happen either the same day or the day that the quarterback announced he was ending his retirement, but the team insists it was not related to Brady's decision. So here's the theory that I have on this whole thing with Brady and Arians. So first of all, I believe the Buccaneers called Tom Brady's bluff from the beginning of this situation where Brady, after the season, when Fitzy and Andy Hart were doing that show during the snowstorm a couple of months ago, Fitzy is basically crying on the air, announcing that Brady was going to retire, which, by the way, Brady does owe Fitzy an apology. The biggest Patriot homer in the history of the world. You owe Fitzy an apology. The guy was basically crying on the air. It wasn't like Tom Brady was dying or that Tom Brady perished. No, Tom Brady was announcing his retirement from the NFL, and I thought Fitzy was legitimately, and maybe he did. I don't know. We would have to ask whoever was producing that show, or I'd have to, because we can't ask. Well, I guess nobody would know because Fitzy was at home. Because it was during the snowstorm, nobody could come into the station besides Justin Turpin, the producer who slept here overnight. For That's why he got Employee of the Week, right? But anyway, just getting back to my original point, is Fitzy saying this on the air? It feels like he's going to cry, and it just felt like this thing was sloppily done, to put it lightly, from Tom Brady to begin with, where he puts it out there that he's retiring. Remember the whole controversy? I felt that the Patriots fans were being soft when people were upset he didn't make the mention of the Patriots at his retirement, but it was a fake retirement. Brady was trying to pull a power play 
over the Buccaneers organization. What Brady wanted was them to trade him. That's what I contend. Brady did not want to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers anymore. And he said, okay, if you don't trade me, I'm going to retire. And Jason Light and the Bucs ownership group, the Glazer family, because Arians has nothing to do with this. Arians has no say. The guy's a complete puppet. Everything the guy has said since he took over as the head coach there with Tom Brady, well, since Brady got there, everything the guy says, the opposite happens. (laughs) He says, we'll never sign Antonio Brown. (laughs) They sign Antonio Brown. Because he apparently wasn't a fit with the Buccaneers. And then all of a sudden, Tom says, yeah, I want A.B. And A.B. is there. Okay. So, oh, and then he said that he thinks that, remember when he said that he thought Antonio Brown, like, matured or something? And there was nothing wrong with Antonio Brown. Then a couple of weeks later, the guy's taking his shirt off. I still can't believe that happened. The guy legitimately took his shirt off and left the game. Unbelievable. And then he's in an Uber a couple of minutes later posting stuff. But anyway, so everything Arians has said, the opposite has happened, right? But... I do feel like this is the Glazer family and Jason Light saying, no, Tom, you're not going somewhere else. We're not losing you. We're not trading the greatest quarterback in the history of the league. So Tom said, fine, I'm retiring. And then after a couple of weeks, Brady realized, oh, wait. So that whole thing about not trading me to a different team, you're really not going to do that? You're really not going to trade me? And the Buccaneers like, yeah, Tom, we're not trading you. We're not trading you away because if we do trade you away, we're absolutely screwed, right? And maybe Brady felt like he did put some of the pressure on the Buccaneers because remember, we got sort of some intel, some reporting, if you will, that the Buccaneers were kicking the tires on some of the quarterbacks that were out there, the Russell Wilsons of the world, the Deshaun Watsons of the world. Like they were doing intel on all the quarterback situations across the league with some of these quarterbacks that were thinking of leaving. And obviously no traction there, but maybe Brady thought, okay, maybe they'll be able to trade one of those guys. And I feel like Brady's master plan was, okay, if they do trade for one of these quarterbacks, then I'm going to come out of retirement, right? Because then what would be the point of the organization not trading him? Say the hypothetical was that the Buccaneers, who would be enticing to a quarterback, right? You have a loaded roster. I know you lost some guys, but you still got Mike Evans. You still have Chris Godwin at the time they were franchising him before they get the extension. You... Have still have some really good defensive players, the Devin Whites, the Levante Davids of the world. So you have a good team. You have a team that won a Super Bowl two years ago, and you still got a lot of pieces left from that Super Bowl team. So when you look at it, it would have been enticing for a different quarterback to come in and take over for Brady. But, of course, it doesn't really materialize. So at the end of it, Brady has to say to himself, okay, uh, time for me to come in here, and I guess I have to play for the Buccaneers. But I think what the concession was for Brady, the concession, I should say, was, okay, I'm coming back. You guys call my bluff. Credit to you guys for calling my bluff, or probably not credit to you guys for calling my bluff, but I'm coming back, but here's my conditions. You're signing the guys I want, and oh yeah, at the end of this, you're going to fire Bruce Arians, okay? And look, Brady planned this out perfectly, not perfectly, we all can read between the lines, but Hey, Arians, when he announces his retirement, he's going to announce his retirement when I want him to announce his retirement. So we're not going to do it right when I come back because then it looks like, oh, yeah, Tom pushed him out, which we all know Tom pushed him out. I mean, there's no way around it. Brady got Arians fired, and I know technically he's not fired. He's in the front office. Yeah, what the hell is that guy going to do in the front office? He's going to be in charge of signing players, or he's going to have some role in signing players. I mean, come on, man. Everybody knows Tom's a GM anyway. And by the way, the Celtics just lost to the Cel- uh, the Celtics just lost to the Heat 106-98. We'll get into that game in greater detail. If you do want to weigh in on the Seas losing to the Heat and the Robert Williams news today, certainly welcome to do so at 
793-7. But I do want to finish up on this Brady thing. And the Brady situation's on the table all night. But I just want to finish up on this. So Arians now is in the front office because Brady doesn't want to be the coach anymore. The organization doesn't want to just fire Arians because it looks bad. Arians still wants to get his paychecks, which he would have got if he was fired anyway. But Arians is probably like, all right, uh, Tom got me a Super Bowl. I don't really like him anymore. But you know what? I'll go up to the front office. I'll bite the bullet. And I'll decide, you know what? I'm going to step away. But hey, Bruce, just wait on your announcement. I mean, Bruce Arians is a complete puppet. We all know this is what happened, right? We all know. This is exactly what happened. Bruce Arians knew weeks ago he was going to retire. He was told by the ownership group, hey, can you hold off? Because Tom doesn't want it to look like he got you fired, even though Tom got you fired. So his conditions were pretty damn simple when he came back. A, you're signing the guys I want. Okay, Chris Goblin, give him an extension. Okay, Russell Gage, we're bringing that guy in. I'm going to call him up. You bring him in. Ryan Jansen, who was one of the best, if not the best center on the market, you're signing him to a multi-year contract extension. And then remember, they tried to sign Alex Kappa, but at that point, it was too late in the process for Kappa. So he got that deal from who? The Cincinnati Bengals. And they brought back Carlton Davis, right? Who was ranked by most entities, if you will, the number two corner on the market. So you bring back Carlton Davis, you sign Goblin to a multi-year contract extension, you bring back Ryan Jansen, all these guys that Tom wants to get back, and then you get rid of Bruce Aarons. So again, everything that Tom Brady wanted, besides the trade, which is now not going to happen, everything that Tom Brady wanted, he got in Tampa Bay. Exactly what Tom Brady wanted in this whole situation, except, yes, his bluff got called. He didn't get to go to a different team. And this whole idea, by the way, that now this means that well, maybe Brady's going to get a trade now. Arians up at the front office. Uh, Brady has this whole link to the Miami situation. Remember a couple of weeks ago, or last week, I should say, Dale Arnold, God bless him, reported that essentially the Dolphins and the Bucks are working on a deal, or Brady and the Dolphins working. No, not going to happen. You think that Tom Brady, after all that has happened, all that has transpired this particular offseason with now getting rid of Bruce Arians and calling up Russell Gage, who he didn't have a previous relationship with. He called up Russell Gage, who's a receiver with the Falcons, to come play with him. He got Chris Goblin a contract extension. He told Ryan Jansen to come back and got him a contract extension. Carlton Davis is back with the Bucks because of Tom Brady. You think after all this happened, Tom Brady was going to get traded to the Miami Dolphins? Now, look, ultimately, he's going to be a free agent after the season, so maybe he goes to a different team. Maybe it is Miami. We know he's got a place there next to... Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump. So maybe eventually he does go to Miami. But it's not happening this offseason. But man, for a guy that wanted a trade, he didn't get the trade originally, this is a pretty damn good consolation prize for Tom Brady. He gets to still pick all the players that he wants to play with, and he gets to get Bruce Arians the hell out of town. So if you don't want to wait on the Brady situation, it's on the table all night. It's 617 779-7937. But I do want to pivot to the Celtics. And if you're leaving the garden right now and you're disappointed, certainly welcome to weigh in on this one as the Seas go down to the Heat, 106 to 98. And look, we can get into the Robert Williams thing and him not being in this game. But there is, I don't want to say this is a trend because now this is something that's been going on all season with the Celtics. And it is one of my concerns as they get ready to go into the postseason. So the Celtics this year, and I know you've heard me mention this before, they're not good in close games. The Celtics now on the season, 
are 12 and 20 in clutch games. And that means with the score within five minutes or the score within five points with five minutes or less left in the game. They are 12 and 21 in those games. You look at the other teams in the Eastern Conference playoffs. The Bulls are 23 and 16 in clutch games. The Sixers are 23 and 19. The Raptors are 23 and 17. The Cleveland Cavaliers are 22 and 22. The Bucks are 22 and 16. The Nets in the playing game, technically, and 21 and 18. Miami, who you just lost to, they're 21 and 15 in clutch games. Atlanta, who could be a fringy playoff team, play-in team, if you will, 17 and 18. And then you look at the Boston Celtics all the way down at 27th in the NBA at 12 and 21. The only teams this season that are worse in clutch games than the Celtics, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Orlando Magic, and the Indiana Pacers. So this is a trend that's been going on all season long. The Celtics have got to be better late in games. So if you want to win and loss, certainly welcome to do so at 617-779-7937. With the absence of Robert Williams, for the time being, it looks like he could come back in the second round. Are the Celtics still a legitimate championship contender? All that on the table at 617-779-7937 right here on WEI. Maloney and Fourier. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, a rough one over at the Garden tonight as the Seas fell to the Miami Heat, 106-98. to Jimmy Butler, 24 points for Miami. Jalen Brown, 28 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists in the loss. Jason Tatum, 23 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. He was 0 of 5 from 3-point territory. Daniel Tice, 15 points off the bench. Meanwhile, Marcus Smart on the night finishes with 10 points, 8 assists. He did have 6 turnovers, though. So the Seas will be back in action on Friday night. They'll be at home for a date with the Pacers. Meanwhile, Bruce Arians is retiring from coaching. Todd Bowles will take over. Arians will step into a front office role. The Bruins will host the Devils on Thursday. The Bees coming off that 6-4 loss to the Leafs on Tuesday night. The Sox beat the Braves 10-7 this afternoon down in Florida. Trevor Story, 1-for-2 with an RBI and a walk in his first game of the spring. Rafael Devers went deep his fourth of the spring. Christian Vasquez and Jonathan Arauz also with home runs. Tanner Houck gave up one earned on five hits in four innings. He finished with four strikeouts. The Sox play the Twins tomorrow afternoon. 105 first pitch over on AM850. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, welcome back in. We're with you until midnight. If you want to react to a tough loss for the Seas tonight over at the Garden, certainly welcome to do so. 617-779-7937. Are they still a championship contender, even though in all likelihood they won't have Robert Williams for the first I would say series and a half. <laughs> I actually, in a weird way, would rather the Celtics stay in that four to five matchup. I feel like if they get Robert Williams back for the second round, they can still beat this Miami team. I mean, there were things, and I'll get into it in greater detail in just a little bit. There were things that were really sloppy about tonight's game. I actually felt like through the first three and a half quarters, it was an incredibly well-played game. It was a really fun game to watch, but there were issues with the game that I'll get into in particular. But if you look at sort of where the Seas are at now. They dropped to the four spot in the Eastern Conference. So if the season ended right now, which obviously it isn't, you would get Chicago in the first round. And that's a team that I believe the Celtics would absolutely destroy. First of all, they're either their best or their second best perimeter defender in Lonzo Ball is dealing with a knee issue. Alex Cruz a good player, but he's not big enough to deal with Tatum or Brown. And not that Lonzo Ball is going to do anything to either one of those guys. They really do not have legitimate wing defenders on that team. Not to mention, you look at that Chicago team, DeMar DeRozan, outstanding season. Nobody's going to dispute that. This guy is a horrific postseason player. 21 points a game. He shoots about 40% from the floor. He just has not been good. I feel like the Celtics, even without Robert Williams, they're going to win that series in five games at the most that could be a clean sweep for the seas and then you get robert williams back for that second round and then maybe you play miami miami at that one seed who knows they may have to deal with brooklyn in the first round in all likelihood brooklyn's gonna win their play-in matchup so i much rather if the two and the three especially if milwaukee is going to be the two i much rather avoid milwaukee until you get to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And I know everybody's disappointed about this game tonight and everything along those lines. The ending was crappy. The Celtics down the stretch. This is a real issue for this team. I'm not sugarcoating it whatsoever. I don't understand why this team cannot execute late in games. Because we've seen they've had the best offense in the NBA in the month of March. They've been outstanding, right? But it's whenever the Celtics get into these close games, and it's even since they turn their season around, so to speak, at the beginning of January, or whenever you want to put that mark on the Celtics calendar, if you will, in terms of when they really turn their season around, it's been going on for a while. It's been going on all season long, even when they've been good. Think about the games they lose. They don't get blown out of games. All the games the Celtics lose, they're close games, right? That's why... I mean, if the Celtics played to what their net rating is, what their point differential is, they'd be like a 60-win team. I mean, that's where they're at right now in terms of the margin of victory, if you will. But it's the close games they end up losing. Think about just the recent losses for the Seas. Detroit, clutch game, right? They lost 112 to 111 right before the All-Star break. Remember how bad that was at the end? You had a chance to win that game, and I didn't hate the play. They got the ball to Tatum at the nail. Tatum at that particular point, you got to get downhill, get to the bucket. I mean, it's your best player. You got him a shot. I didn't mind the play that was drawn up by Ime Adoka, but you got to be better there if you're Tatum. And then remember, the previous play in that game, Jalen Brown just drives into two guys. So the late game execution in that one wasn't good. You look at the loss to Dallas, 95-92. Again, late game execution was not good in that game for the Celtics. Toronto, I can't really categorize that one. I'm not going to say... And I know that technically is a clutch game, but I'm not going to put that one on 
lack of execution late. I mean, clearly the execution late in that game wasn't particularly good. I mean, we could all acknowledge that. But the bottom line is you didn't have Tatum. You didn't have Brown. You didn't have Horford. And, of course, you didn't have Robert Williams. So I'm not going to look at that game and say, okay, that's a late-game execution issue with your main players. But the rest of them are. I mean, tonight you lose 106-98 to to a Miami team that they're good. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. But you had that team beat. You had an opportunity to win that game late. And the Celtics couldn't get it done. And I know that Ime Adoka challenges that play at the end of the game where Tatum's going into the lane. But quite frankly, I didn't think he had any chance at winning that particular challenge. I felt like Tatum, that was a clear charge on Tatum. And it was the Heat, a team that has struggled as of late. It's the Heat who made the plays late, not the Celtics. The Celtics had plenty of opportunities to win this game. So this is something that if you're looking at sort of power ranking the concerns you have in the postseason... Obviously, number one on the list is the health of Robert Williams. Who are you going to play? Number two on this list now has got to be the lack of late game execution. The numbers don't lie. It's not like we don't have a lot of data on this. The Celtics have played in a lot of clutch games, right? This isn't like something that, oh, yeah, they're four and five in clutch games. No, now we have a full season's worth of data. They are 12 and 21 in clutch games. They're in the same conversation as the Rockets, the Pelicans, and the Orlando Magic. Absolutely atrocious teams. And if you look at the Celtics, they have been absolutely piss poor in terms of their offensive efficiency late in these games. They have a 100 offensive rating. They have a 108.8 defensive rating. So the defense has been fine. The issue late for the Celtics in these games is their offense. And you saw it again tonight. They have got to be able to execute better late in games. I think this team has a real opportunity, especially they get Robert Williams back, to make a run all the way to the NBA Finals and possibly win the NBA Finals. I said it last week. I believe this team healthy is going to win the NBA Finals. But this, to me right now, gives me hesitation. I still have faith in my belief. But, man, can you execute a little bit better? Can they win one of these games, one of these late games that's really close down the stretch against a good opponent? Can you just win one of those? That's all I'm asking for. Make me feel better about the late game execution, and I didn't see it tonight. The other thing that stuck out to me about tonight's game, it was really well coached on both sides. Spolster is throwing a bunch of different random stuff out of timeouts. He's coming out in that 2-2-1 pressure, token pressure. It wasn't like they were actually pressuring, trying to turn you over, but it was token pressure just to kind of catch you off guard. We all know Spolster's a really good coach. He pantsed Brad Stevens a couple of years ago. In the post, the guy's an outstanding coach. For my money, he's the best coach in the NBA right now. Okay, but the point being, he did a really good job. I felt Ime Adoka did all he possibly could. Although you have to stop with the minutes without Smart and Tatum on the court. I mean, the numbers would tell you with just Jalen out there, the Celtics have been a negative team in terms of their net rating. They have no offense when it's just Jalen on the court without Smart and Jason Tatum. You cannot do that anymore. So I know they started the quarter out that way, and they tried to get away with it, but I'm sorry, you can't do that. The other thing I'd mention is this. Miami is a team that lives off turnovers, right? They turn you over. Miami on the season, 15.1 turnovers per game. That is third in the NBA. So they're trying to turn you over. The Celtics tonight had 18 turnovers. The Celtics on the season averages 13.6 turnovers per game. So you're talking about a team that's almost five turnovers more than they're at for the season, right? So when you look at it from that perspective, you know that Miami's trying to turn you over. You know they live off turnovers, and you play right into their hands. You have got to be better with the ball in your hands against a team like Miami, who we know 
they're going to take charges, too. They have taken the most charges in the NBA this season. That's considered a turnover. And we saw it a couple of times tonight. I, I And I got to tell you, man, Lowry, I am so sick of that guy. I, going back to that series that they had in the bubble, oh, my God, is that guy annoying. I, I cannot stand him whatsoever. And, look, I'm guessing that's how most other fan bases feel about Marcus Smart. He's just kind of flopping all over the place. But nonetheless, those Miami turnovers, or I should say those Celtics turnovers, they led to 24 points for Miami. The 18 turnovers lead to 24 points. Miami on the season, they averaged 17.3 points a game off turnovers, which is seventh in the NBA. So they're even a point above or less than a point above their season average. That's something that just cannot happen. When you know a team lives off turnovers, you cannot turn the ball over. And a lot of them, they weren't even forced by Miami. That's sort of the thing that aggravates you, right? It's not like, oh, Lowry made an incredible steal or Butler jumped in the passing lane. Some of these were just mystifying. They were just throwing the ball away a couple of times with Tatum in particular. And I know Smart had a great game passing, but, I mean, he made some of those decisions. I mean, you'll live with it a little bit with Smart because he makes some tremendous passes. But Tatum, I felt he was really sloppy with the ball tonight. I mentioned this whole idea of you got to make sure that either Smart or Tatum are on the court at the basically the entirety of the game. You cannot live in these non-smart Jason Tatum ends. If you look at it on the season, Jalen Brown without those two guys, the Celtics have just a 104.8 offensive rating and a 109 defensive rating. The bigger concern is the offensive rating. The offense without Tatum and Smart in the court, it goes to crap, right? You look at it when Tatum's without those two guys, they have a 115 rating, so pretty damn good. When it's just Smart, they survive. They have a 111 offensive rating. With Jalen Brown on the court without these two guys, the offense doesn't survive. As great as Jalen Brown was tonight, I felt like him and Marcus Smart were the two best players on the Celtics. And I felt like both those guys played particularly well. I mean, Jalen goes for 28-10. He dishes out six assists. I thought he played tremendous. But he's not the engine of the offense, right? So those that is one thing that I look at. And I know Ime Adoka is trying out different things as you get ready for the postseason. And I felt like White played really well tonight despite having just nine points. He was plus 11 in a game that the Celtics lost by what? Eight points. He's a plus 11 in this game. All the starters are in negative. The only other guy that was in plus was Daniel Tice. I thought he played really well. You saw his floater a little bit in this game tonight. He had a couple of nice passes as well. But overall, you just can't have Jalen Brown out there without either Smart or Jason Tatum. Because we all know Tatum has improved in a passer. He can run things out there. And Smart has been tremendous. I mean, he ends up tonight with the eight assists. So he's been tremendous passing the ball. I just don't want Jalen running the offense. I'd much rather that be Smart or Jason Tatum. When those guys go to the bench, it ends up being Jalen. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's kick it off tonight with Joe. He's in West Virginia. Joe, what's up? Hey, Brian, how are you tonight? Uh, I've been better, Joe. That you, was a rough you, one. Yeah, it, it was. Um, last week you had the um, C's as being, you know, a possible NBA champion. And believe me, I was ready to jump right on the bandwagon. But it's like, I, you know, I'm 68, and I like now I, like, run scared, I guess, and, like, been there, done that, bye-bye, Marky. <laughs> and I'll, I.W. the third gets hurt. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, now you have Al as a five in, instead of, you know, Robert Williams. And Robert Williams is like um, certain intangibles he brings to the game on defense, you know, because he's like that last stop. And other guys in front of him can take chances because, you know, the, Robert Williams can block shots, alter shots. You know, he, he brings mm-hmm. that to the to the game. Um, I was going to ask you, are you still going to stand by what you felt as far as this team could be the NBA champion? Yeah, I still think they can, Joe, because by the looks of it, you can get back 
Robert Williams in the second round. So if you get him back for the second round, and I guess, look, if he comes back and he can't play, then I'll probably change my thought. But if he comes back and he's ready to go in the second round, I still believe they can win it because you look at this team, even tonight, like Miami, I understand you lose this game to Miami, but it's not like Miami was scoring easy in this game. They still weren't, and look, they did shoot 48% from the field, but it's not like they were getting easy shots. I I felt like the Celtics' defense was plenty good tonight, and when you look at it, you're going to get Robert Williams back into the equation. I look at this team, and I don't see guys that you can just attack defensively, right? I mean, we even saw it with the Celtics tonight. They went after Struess. They, I felt like they should have targeted Hero more because that guy doesn't defend at all. I felt like they should have gone after that guy more. They they didn't do that. But overall, I, I feel like the Celtics, from a defensive perspective, they don't have guys you can target like most of these other teams. Right. With with, with Robert Williams, like you say, a meniscus tear is not the end of the world for you. I mean, it's not going to be a career-ending injury, of course. So he's gonna, he gets back to the second round of the season, make it to the second round. I mean, there's some really juicy matchups, and I was really looking forward to what this team had. Because now I guess you have Al. Al's going to be your five, I would imagine. Correct? Yeah, and he's. I felt like he was good tonight. I know he missed a couple of open threes, and he's, I, yeah, been, he, he's been much better in right, terms of his shooting lately. But he did give you 15 rebounds tonight. He dished out four assists. So I felt he played well. And Jason and Jalen are your three and four. And then you, you have Marcus Smart. And I, I, now, who are you going to play put with uh, also starting? Well, right now they get Grant in there, but I I don't feel that should be a permanent thing, Joe. I mean, I look at it like I I wouldn't mind trying Derek. And I know maybe Derek White's comfortable in that reserve role now. but I would put Derek. I would put Derek right on. Right. Yeah. Like and here's this thing. I appreciate you. I appreciate you sticking to your guns and I'm going with them, too. Take care. (laughs) All right, Joe. Have a good one. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. Here's the thing that worries me right now about Grant. He is shooting 33.3% from three-point territory in the month of March. In February, 48.7% from three-point territory. In January, 37%. In December, 50%. In November, 40%. In October, 50%. Now, Grant Williams has never played this many minutes in his career. And he's never really been a shooter. Is it catching up to him? Because you're going to need, if that guy's going to play, he's got to hit shots. And it's not like he's got gravity, right? He's not out there and teams are scared of Grant Williams. And they're like, oh, it's not like you're covering Seth Curry or Patty Mills. Like, No, you're not concerned about him. If he hits an open jump shot, you'll live with it, right? And this is concerning to me. That it's been a while now where Grant Williams has not been shooting the ball well. 33.3% in the month of March. And if you look at tonight's game. And a lot of these threes are open for Grant, too. You look at tonight's game, 0 of 3. He's got to be able to hit jump shots. Bottom line, no way around it. Because he doesn't do anything really else off. I don't want to belittle the guy. But, look, he'll set screens, et cetera. But, like, Derek White does things besides shoot, right? He doesn't shoot the ball well. He's shooting, like, 21% from three as a Celtic, right? But he can penetrate. He can play in the pick and roll. He can get into the lane. He's got that nice little floater game, which I really like. I'd like him to take more of those. He's shooting 47.7% on floaters since joining the Celtics, so I'd like to see a little bit more of that from Derek White. But the point being, he can do different things when he has the ball in his hands. right? When you look at a guy like Grant Williams, his role on the offensive side has got to be stay in the corner and hit shots. Now, he's going to be a screener and stuff along those lines as well, but he has got to be more consistent shooting the basketball. Bottom line, and he has not been good this month shooting. Let's get to Pete. Pete, what's up, man? 
Hey, what's up, Pete? Hey, what's happening? What's going on? Nah, what's happening over there, Brian? Uh, I'm this doing is, well, uh, man. Pete from Long Island. Oh, nah, hey, Pete. This is Pete from Long Island. I'm doing good, my man. Nice to get on the radio with you. Sure. I'd like to uh, tell all the great in New England why Brady never would have retired and Arians never would have retired. It all started at the Meadowlands. If he didn't kick A.B. off the team, I truly believe Brady was winning another Super Bowl. He sabotaged TB that day. You saw it on Brady's face after the game, and you saw it the weeks following. Oh, okay. So you think that, wait, hold on. A.B. won Arians the Super Bowl the year before. A.B. wasn't on that team. They might have won, but A.B. helped. They're a couple of weeks away from winning a second Super Bowl, and he kicks them off the team in the Meadowlands. He only had Evans. If A.B. Okay, was on Pete, the team, but hold on. Look, Evans, Pete, I understand you. Look, hold on, Pete, 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 hold on a second here. I understand, I understand your point. So I would just counter with this because, look, I, I'm fine with blaming Arians for everything. The guy sucks as a coach. I mean, he's lucky that he got to coach Tom Brady and get that Super Bowl ring as a head coach. But exactly, going on your theory here, Remember, after that, Antonio Brown goes on social media and blames Tom Brady. He does an interview and he blames Tom Brady. On multiple occasions, he's blamed Tom Brady. Because Tom wasn't able to stand up for him enough. Tom yeah, so he blames to Tom, too. He doesn't just blame Arians. He blames Tom. I'm talking why Brady retired because he kicked him off the team. I, I, I don't buy that, on the Pete. Team, they were winning the second Super Bowl. I think you may be right about that, San but Fran, I, I don't San think Fran it's... San Fran might have took them with their defense. They might have got to Brady, and San Fran could have won the Super Bowl against Cincinnati. But they were going for Super Bowl number three this year. If they what won last year, they're going for Super Bowl number three. The organization? Arians is on the team, and so's Brady, and nobody would have retired. Yeah, but Pete, I... And I all pinpointed to the Meadowlands... And A.B. getting kicked off the team. I, mean, that was, I want to listen to you. All right, Pete. Appreciate the call. It was a hell of an event. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. I, it was a hell of an event. I mean, you can't really dispute that, can you? I mean, it was absolutely incredible. The guy's out here taking his shirt off, just walking around the damn football. i never seen anything like it. Still is entertaining to me to go back. And another thing is you go back and watch some of these interviews with Antonio Brown, it's freaking hilarious. You remember... <laughs> He said, what do you think? The guys at the Tampa Bay Bucks pay, tried to send me to the crazy house. They, he claims they offered him 200 grand to go to the crazy house, in his words. And then Bryant Gumbel asked AB, do you have mental health issues? And he says he has mental wealth. I mean, incredible. But I don't believe that the theory that he poses, I, I don't believe that that's true, that the reason that Brady wanted Arians fired is because of the AB situation. Antonio Brown went nuts. I mean, Antonio Brown was blaming Brady about this. Remember, he claimed that Tom Brady told him that he was going to target him more so he could hit his incentives. Well, Antonio Brown was completely lying because Tom Brady, at the time that Antonio Brown left the game, Tom Brady had targeted Antonio Brown more than any other receiver, more than any other receiver on the team. So he was, in fact, trying to get Antonio Brown his money. Okay, he was trying to do that. So, no, I don't think that's the reason. I do believe that Brady just doesn't want to play for Arians anymore. And I do believe that Brady is completely behind it. How could you not think that Brady was behind it? I mean, this organization has bent over backwards for Tom. It's absolutely amazing. Bruce Arians, they couldn't even fire him 
until a couple of weeks after Brady returned, so it doesn't look like Brady got him fired. And I'm sure, and i got to look at Tom Brady's Twitter account, his Instagram right now. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure Brady will post something about how great it was to play for B.A. Yeah, that is complete crap. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. Okay, so if you do want to weigh in on the Celtics after losing tonight, are you concerned about the loss of Robert Williams? Can the team still win a championship? That's on the table at 617-779-7937. And the breaking news, Bruce Arians out as the Buccaneers head coach. In comes Todd Bowles. Was Brady behind it? Actually, I shouldn't even throw that out there. I know Brady was behind it, but what do you make of this for Tom Brady going forward? We'll get into all that in greater detail here on EEI. All right, welcome back in. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. If you want to weigh in on the Celtics going down to the heat, that's on the table at 617-779-7937. If you do want to weigh in on this Tom Brady situation as Tom Brady and Bruce Arians will no longer be a partnership. As Bruce Arians tonight, the news comes down that Bruce Arians is retiring. He's going to get a job in the front office, which means Todd Bowles is going to be the head coach of the team. And the other news is that Bruce Arians is going to be up in the front office, which, by the way, for Bruce Arians, this is not a bad gig whatsoever. You get to go up to the front office and essentially do nothing and get paid. I mean, that's pretty sweet. And by the way, Tom Brady, thanks to Nick LeBan, Tom Brady just posted on his Instagram. It's a picture of him with Bruce Arians, and Arians is hitting him in the back of the helmet, you know, giving him a little congratulations. Here's what Brady says. Thank you, B.A., for all that you've done for me and our team. You are an incredible man and a coach, and it was a privilege to play for you. You are a true NFL legend and a pioneer for all the work you've done to make the league more diverse and inclusive. Smart, tough, and loyal are a few of the words to describe your style. I'll always remember the conversations we had when you recruited me two years ago, and all of the things we discussed came true. By all the things that came true, what Tom means is everything I asked from the organization you did. I told you to get Antonio Brown, you got Antonio Brown. I told you to trade for Gronk, you traded for Gronk. I told you after I looked like an idiot on national television holding four fingers up because I thought we had another down against the Bears two seasons ago, you let me run my offense and we got rid of your offense. That's what he means by that. He goes on to say, we all benefited from your leadership and guidance and I'm so proud of everything we accomplished. You are a huge part of the decision to join the Bucks, and I'm forever grateful. I'm so happy that you'll spend the much-deserved time with your f- loving and supportive family that has given you so much and the communities. Congratulations on an amazing coaching career, but more importantly, how you positively impacted me and everyone else in the game of football. Okay, so Tom Brady thanking Bruce Aarons. Does anybody buy this whatsoever? Tom Brady's the guy that got Bruce Arians fired. I mean, I think we can all agree on that, that this is what happened here. Tom doesn't want to play for Bruce anymore. Tom conceded, okay, you're not going to trade me. I don't want to play for Arians anymore. You're not going to trade me. Well, you know what? Then we're going to have to get Arians the hell out of town. That's my condition. If I'm going to come back, I'm not playing for Bruce anymore. And then Brady puts up this fake post thanking Bruce Arians. I mean, come on. The one thing I do buy in what Brady's saying, the one thing that I do think that is genuine from Brady is he says, You're an NFL legend and a pioneer for all the work you've done to make the league more diverse and inclusive. Bruce Arians is somebody that has hired a lot of minority head coaches. Look at his coordinators, Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. He has a woman on the staff, so he has been very inclusive when it comes to that. That is something I do think is genuine from Brady. But the whole idea, like this whole thing thanking Bruce Arians, well, you got the guy fired. 
617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to John. He's in a car. John, what's up, man? The the best line from that uh, Brady uh, Instagram post or whatever is, I'm glad you get to spend time with your family, like dot, 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 so I can try to win football games. Like, that's what it is, right? Yeah, well, when, well, I mean, like, you think this guy is, like, burning the midnight oil at the facility anyway, Bruce Arians? He's the one that tells oh. his coaches to get away. He tells his coaches to get away. So I'm pretty sure Bruce Arians wasn't putting in the hours. Hilarious. Uh, that was that was that's definitely my favorite line. Definitely uh, making me feel a little bit better after that frustrating uh, Celtics game tonight. Uh, the, you know, I, I'm just going to say this out front. On both ways, the refs really did ruin uh, a, uh, a pretty good matchup. Like, oh, horribly uh, officiated, have, John. Oh, who didn't have four fouls tonight? Like that, it was so frustrating. Um, but it, it, what was equally as frustrating was seeing. Dwayne Dedman, like making plays around the rim, like ah uh, uh, yeah, that that's that's going to be a frustrating thing down the stretch here without Robert Williams. And we've talked a lot this season, and I think they've kind of turned into uh, a nice story again. That like it would be cool if they made the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think uh, that second round is going to be a tough uh, tough task for them in, in terms of depth with the big men. Yeah, I think, but here's the thing, John. It looks like they're going to get him back. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, maybe this is my bias as a 42 year old guy that hurt his knee once and it still hurts. And I genuinely think Robert Williams is like that, maybe that fourth plus when Marcus is kind of like aging out. I think he's a solid member of this team, especially with his contract. And I, I do worry about him long term now. You know, it's just. Things are starting to add up, and as Mego has been on that train all year, like I, I think that it's, it, it does make some sense at this point. Like, you do well, it, yeah, and it, well, it kind of felt like the knee situation was coming, right? Because how many games did he miss this year for left knee soreness? He just missed one last week because of left knee soreness. So it did feel like there was some something like that knee was sort of a ticking time bomb. But I think the fact, and look, I think this is going to bother him later on in life, John, like when he gets into his mid-30s yeah. in terms of the knee, because they took out the meniscus, which means, and look, I'm not a doctor, but you basically, you're more prone to arthritis when you do that, right? Because right. that's why most and, people get it repaired. And if he got it repaired, he would not be coming back. And the removal, it's not like this massive surgery. So I'm actually more optimistic he's going to get back for that second right. round, which would be perfect because but, what you got to hope for is that the Celtics demolish, like, this is perfect right now. If they get the Bulls, I mean, they are going to sweep the oh, Bulls. Oh, yeah, right. They yeah. Are, I mean, that's going to be a bloodbath. But then so, the second round, Miami, if he gets back for that, and let's say, well, Miami probably isn't going to have a dogfight because I, am, I, I don't know who they're going to get. I, I would think that Brooklyn's going to win the first round, so they get the seven seed. But then you're looking at yeah, yeah. Toronto, Cleveland, Charlotte, and Atlanta are the four other teams like in the playing, and even Chicago is somewhat in that playing conversation. So Miami, in all likelihood, right. although Atlanta is not an easy, Atlanta has played poorly this season, but that's not a fun team to go up against. Uh, even you know what? Even with I know they missed John Collins this year every time they saw them, but I, I was not, I was not impressed with with Atlanta. I, I think that's. I think that's a winnable game or a winnable matchup for the Celtics. The, John, you know what? I actually – act- Yeah, go ahead. Oh, so the one question I had, is that similar to the, the Kemba issue that he was having the past couple of years and, like, that maintenance thing where couldn't play back-to-back? I mean, that was – when 
when I heard, yes, they cut it out and it's going to be a quicker thing because it's just, but yeah, like your meniscus is wearing away, like you're cutting away. That just reminded me of, you know, bone on bone eventually yeah. at some point. Well, I mean, Kemba had so, three procedures on that knee in Charlotte. Right. So that's I'm, that's why I was against that signing from the beginning. I, and look, I, yeah. John, you've heard me before. I'm not a fan of small, diminutive point yeah. guards. That's why I love this team. I mean, Smart's your smallest guy. And what's he have, a 6'10 wingspan? It's ridiculous. So, I mean, I right. appreciate another Go ahead. Another outstanding defensive uh, players oh. from him again tonight, too. It's he was much. unbelievable, man. I mean, <laughs> he had some dumb turnovers, but he was unbelievable. And some of those passes he yep. was throwing are ridiculous. John, appreciate Gosh. the call, man. Go World Cup. See him. Appreciate it. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. All right. So a troubling trend continues for the Celtics. Also, a new trend is developing. We'll get into that. And if you do want to weigh in on this Brady Arians thing, certainly can at 617-779-7937. But coming up next, I will give you an alarming number with the Celtics here on EEI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.